episode of The Big Question presented by Friends of Film, a podcast and an in-depth look at a specific movie-related question. On this episode, we'll discuss if streaming services are changing Hollywood for the better. As Ozzy and Rose Cooperhood, and this week I'm joined by Josh Straley. Hello, everybody. Hello, Cooper. Welcome to Wednesday. Yeah. What? As always. Mm-hmm. Always taping the show on Wednesdays. <laughs> Very early Wednesday mornings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm so tired. And somehow possibly <sighs> being available these episodes on Tuesday nights. Oh, it's don't, bizarre. Don't, don't think too I think much it's just I that. think it's just like a time zone thing. Oh, of course. Yes. And there's, you know, because like when it's like 8 a.m. here, it's 5 a.m. in um, California. Yes. Yeah, so and just, 2 a.m. in Alaska. Yes. Yeah, so we're taping just like 2 a.m. Eastern time. always dark in Alaska, so you never know what time it is there. And can anyone really know anything at this point? No, but I don't think so. No, yes, of course not. But if you would like to know what we're up to and what we're doing, you can follow us on Twitter at Friends and Film. And if you'd like to know all the other big questions and their answers, you can get those um, wherever podcasts are found, like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Spotify, or basically wherever podcasts can be found. But most importantly, if you can on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review us. That'll ultimately help rank us and we can find more friends of the show. Yeah, so uh, we thought for really no reason in particular that this would be the week to talk about streaming Mm -hmm. and how it is taking on Hollywood with the big question, is streaming changing Hollywood for the better? Well, really, I kind of broke you. This is something I've wanted to talk about for a while. And then, um, so I think I just like slapped you over the face with like 20 different ways to talk about this. Yes. And so finally you relented. And so I'm kind of happy about that. (laughs) So I'm kind of glad, you know, um, for the longest time. But yes. Why did you want to talk about this so badly? Because I think it's like the one, it's the one area of film and movies and how we consume them that is different than it was... I don't know, since IMAX came out, since like 3D upcharges for glasses, and maybe the movie pass has been the only thing that's really changed in oh, okay. the intermittent period. But really, that's just seeing more movies at the same spots and being like unafraid to be like, Serenity, let's go check that <laughs> darn thing out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's kind of, it's, it's made you a little bit braver, but I don't think it's sort of changed how we consume things and watch things all over the place. Mm hmm. Uh, and then Steven Spielberg weighed in and I'm like, oh, I don't know if I like Spielberg's comments saying that they weren't like really movies, but they're kind of like movies. Uh-huh. Uh, so like, I don't know, all of these things have been bubbling up and I've now we're here to talk about yeah. them. I mean, we did kind of end our last big question with some Netflix streaming talk with yes. Netflix doing very well with Oscar nominations and then mm-hmm. mentioning that they are now part of the MPAA, which is a, a big move for them because they're the first streaming service to be part of that organization, which typically just has the six major Hollywood studios, which but will be losing Fox when Fox becomes part of Disney. And now Netflix is basically taking its place. Um, but that's a, a huge thing for Netflix to avoid uh, piracy, but then also possibly get actual MPAA ratings on mm-hmm. their films instead of the TV ratings, which is not a huge deal to us. But for Col- somebody like Colton, who is not here uh, for this discussion, yeah. uh, that was always one point he would bring up of, well, what are the ratings? It's like, oh, that's, a, that's a fair point, I guess. If it said, says TVMA, TV14, TV mm-hmm. E, I don't know what it is for everybody. G. Uh, no. Like whatever, whatever the rating is for this is available for everybody, but it's mm-hmm. TV. Uh, like that is like a an interesting point because that they are rated differently than the movies you'd see in a theater. But now, if the MPA comes in, like nope, all of your movies are either going to be G, BG, PG thirteen, R, are not rated, and 
in a very rare occasion mm -hmm. not rated right. slash NC-17 or X or whatever the above R rating is. Netflix could absolutely be the first place we see an X rating after a while. Yeah. Even though, because we basically let you do anything anyway. True. So hard R is basically every R movie now. Yeah. I don't think we've had like a soft R film in forever. Basically, soft R is PG thirteen. Well, with one I, mean, there, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's soft R's <laughs> where it's like, oh, we dropped the F bomb twice. Ooh, now nah, you're not ready movie. It's mm -hmm. like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, yeah, especially too with the MPA thing. Like, it took me forever because like I can't find any ratings because mm -hmm. I wanted to like write them up or whatever the case was. At least early on, and then I'm like, oh no, it's TVMA or whatever. Yeah. For a while, I was just guessing, and I was like, <laughs> oh no, it actually has a rating, and it's the TVMA. Yeah. But it always says it on IMDb. Yeah, it does, but for some reason I would never look there. I'd type it into Google or whatever, oh. <laughs> and typically we never get that up. So yeah, um, but yeah, so we figured we'd talk, kind of break this down into like first off, what is the state of streaming right now? You know, we kind of went through it briefly right there. You know, uh, it Netflix is getting in with big Hollywood studios joining mm -hmm. the MPA, but also as we mentioned last week, it talked about in length with the Oscar nominations. Netflix um, is really proving in a lot of ways that the streaming services can be here and be big players in, you know, genre films, but also award contending films, which mm -hmm. to Amazon's credit, they've done before as well. They were the first streaming service to win an Oscar thanks to Manchester by the sea. Um, and then, but now with Netflix, Roma got 10 nominations last week. Uh, the Ballad of Buster Scruggs got three nominations. And then the last year, Mudbound also got a, a screenplay nomination. So yep. these streaming movies, while they're definitely different than I think what you would, if you would have asked me two, even two years ago, what does a streaming movie look like? It's like, it's, I don't know. It's like some weird Bruce Willis saves somebody from like a burning house movie. Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's a streaming movie. But right. now it's like, it's Alfonso Cuaron directing a black and white foreign language film that is super prestigious and up for awards or mm -hmm. it's, um, you know, Martin Scorsese coming in and doing a de-aging mob epic with, you know, uh, all of his regular cast of people. So, yeah, uh, Nero Pacino, uh, uh, Pesci, like Pesci, yeah. the, 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 the examples I think have gone on and on. We just saw a couple of days ago, Ron Howard signed a, or sold a movie to Netflix for $45 million. Um, and now Sundance is currently going on as the time we were recording this episode. Uh, Amazon just paid $13 million for Mindy Kaling's latest movie uh, called Late Night, I think. Uh, yes. And which got great reviews. So I'm very mm -hmm. happy about. And you can see that these streaming services continue to just build up their pedigree, build up their slates, build up their catalogs of films. And even though I think you can still argue that in more cases than not, those movies aren't quality the quantity and everything of them just continues to yeah grow precisely and i think like the the um the state if you will is like pretty good yeah i mean they're um, basically dominating hollywood seems like right and we've started to see that was streaming on the emmy side of things um last year marvelous miss Maisie and that hulu show that's Everybody uh, loves Hans Maiden's Tale. Yes, those things like rocketed to the top of the charts, and everybody was like, like raving over those. But you were getting to it, um, like right there, like the Oscar nominations that we talked about last week um, on the big question um, have have they've largely, not largely, but like a lot more than expected, racked up 
plenty of nominations. And now, at the very least, the state of streaming has never been better. And I think we could probably say this again in successive years, Mm -hmm. because like you just pointed out, directors are finally coming to the service. And I don't know if it's just because of that, the clout that they're getting from spending, what was it? 80 billion? It was like, what was the ridiculous number of content that Netflix? For Netflix? Yeah. Uh, like 18 billion 18 or billion, not 80 billion. Okay. That's right. <laughs> that's but they're looking more. to double that to like, or something like that, right? I think they, they did, I want to say they did like 8 billion last year. Okay. And now they want to do like 18 or like 16, 18 this year yeah, or something. Which is nuts on so many levels. But if the, and with the content, or no, no, no I'm sorry. If the co- quality of the content, once you said like said that it's been middling, is now finally rising up because you're getting Howard to come in, you're getting Scorsese to come on board. Um, I don't even know who else. Maybe like Matt Reeves Jeff. signed like a That's Netflix right. exclusive deal or something. I, I don't know, even know if J, um, JJ if the Netflix is in the hunt for JJ Abrams' Bad Robot deal. I don't think so. I got to imagine they're thinking about it. You know, I don't know. Well, like, well, I think JJ wants more than just uh, he wants theme parks and video games, video yeah, games and music like and all, online content. Like he wants it all. Just, yeah, which nuts. I think the uh, like the main contenders are Disney, unsurprisingly, Warner Brothers, and then like Universal. Universal. Yeah, for sure. Plus maybe Apple. Oh, that's right. They do want him because yeah. they have the App Store. And that's directly into everybody's hearts. Um, but then like even this year at Sundance, Netflix is pitching um, The Boy Who Harnessed the Wind, which is, I think, being reviewed now. Or at least one or two. Is of that them the Chua issue for movie? Yes, that's yeah. that one. Um, and it's getting good things. It, I mean, it's probably too early in the year for it, but that'll be maybe Oscar talk, at least like in those mudbound categories mm-hmm. where we first started to see those things. And it's we're never going to take a step back from it. Mm-hmm. I don't think. I think it's only going to grow and grow and grow. And like you said, the MPA ratings was like another was like one of the first validations that Netflix has gotten from the industry, which very famously tried to block out streamers, you know, in the past mm-hmm. uh, with their alliance against Google yeah. back in what was that? That was a while ago. Um, Project Goliath or whatever, like that. Yeah, like so they've. They're finally like, okay, you're playing by their our rules. I don't yeah. know if they're playing by the rules, but they're just like, we can't stop this juggernaut. We can't ignore you, yeah. basically, they, I think, the they, point now. They have the better hand. And their Netflix is willing to spend itself into oblivion to get there. Mm-hmm. And now with these validations and everything like that, um, they they are sitting really pretty. Not Netflix also, but like also Amazon and everything like that. Amazon, just, Amazon Prime, mm-hmm. uh, Hulu is still out there. YouTube has their own, not really a streaming service, but YouTube Premium or whatever it's called. Yeah, they have uh, their CBS first. CBS All Access. Right. Which I don't know if they do movies or if it's just TV shows. I haven't heard any exclusive films for them yet. No. Um, but like, you know, then we have Disney Plus coming. Warner Brothers wants to have their own. Universal wants to have their own. Apple is still developing a streaming mm-hmm. service. Like that's the other state of this is that like, you can say, well, I think we're just going to continue to grow and it's always, it's only going to continue that way is because I think as Netflix has dominated this area for the last you know, five, six years, yeah. now the competition is rising and it's the streaming wars are basically on where every single studio before too long probably is going to have a streaming service of their own or at the very least, they'll like pick a side mm-hmm. and they'll be like, all right, Sony's whole catalog will now be on Netflix yeah. or you know, 
Universal for some or Apple. Like if Apple straight up buys Sony, like right. which is something that Apple wants to do. Like they want to buy A twenty four or Sony or even possibly uh, Paramount. I think was the other one. Focus, yeah, uh, Focus Features was another like Focus. I mentioned. Believe is part of Sony, okay. so I think yeah. they would get that. Um, but like Paramount, there's no mention of. Uh, I think actually Paramount may have an exclusive deal with Netflix which I don't know if that means all their movies go there or if it just means that they're developing original movies straight for Netflix that would uh, not hit theaters. For sure. But the next step, though, is like tech companies buying up movie studios, like streaming services making, like they've already, they already are making their own movies, really. They're financing them and then bringing them into the fold. But the next step is to, you know, I almost like farm to table, but just, you know, from from script to director to launch Mm -hmm. right on that platform. And yeah, I mean, we've seen a few of those, but it's only going to get bigger. Yeah. And Paramount did as of uh, November, they signed a multi-picture film deal with Netflix to create original films for them. So uh, it's, it's, it's one of those other things where it's like, yeah, if if you're not creating your own, you're going to be siding with one of these other services. And uh, I think as that continues, that you know we look at you know is this helping or hurting the industry i think it's easy to say for for me at least that this is that all these streaming services even though i'm worried that you know in you know a year and a half i'll be paying a hundred dollars a month for all these streaming services uh at the end of the day i think it's helping the industry because for one it's just creating a a lot more jobs but it's also creating a lot more opportunity for films to be made so whether it's Sundance movies getting picked up by one of the streaming services so that way they can be seen by an audience instead of just going straight to DVD or never mm-hmm. being released beyond festivals at all. Yeah. There's also the chance of a movie like Roma or the Ron Howard movie that he just sold Netflix where these passion projects by directors that a studio nowadays because studios the the major studios have become so blockbuster mm-hmm. ip driven because that's what sells at the box office for the most part uh that uh focus for those studios has now left a void where mid-budget movies really don't get made anymore right. so Can't you exist. see steven soderbergh going to netflix and giving him the, his high flying bird movie but he's also going to do a panwell's paper movie there potentially and uh you see all these directors now looking all right Warner Brothers, Disney, Universal, Paramount, Sony, you guys want to make my mid-budget possible Oscar movie? And they're like, eh, no, probably not because it's not going to do anything at the box office. And they don't see the possible awards potential or even lack thereof, but just critical acclaim as being worthy enough of, you know, making this movie happen. But Netflix or Hulu or Amazon, they can take on these movies and not release any data publicly, but then say, yeah, Bird Box is a hit. I'm not going to tell you what mm-hmm. Roma did. We have no idea of how Roma did on the service, but we know it hit with critics. I would love to know if after the Oscar nominations or if it even wins the Oscar in a couple of weeks, if like Netflix then releases a statistic where Roma's viewership rose or if it didn't and it just stayed the same. And then that way like we would know what these Oscar nominations actually mean for Netflix because right now it means they're out there in the conversation more, but we don't know if it means more subscribers, more views, right. more more anything. Um, but I still think it, the point stands that it's helping the industry as a whole because we are getting aroma that we may not have gotten before. Precisely. It, you know, um, like totally agree with you on that part. Like it is, I don't, I don't know if it's helping hurting the 
you know, it's helping the industry for sure, hands down, um, by giving all of those, like you said, middling budget movies a chance. Mm-hmm. Even though it's, at least in Netflix's case in particular, it's not a great chance a lot of the time because how many times have you and I been like, that movie's on Netflix now? Yeah. I didn't know that or whatever the case is. Um, like They still need to figure out their marketing. and Precisely. <laughs> they rely on one tweet and maybe a couple memes if those things take off. But other than that, like you really, like you really, really have to look for it. If it wasn't for someone tweeting out a photo of the Bird Box billboard that they erected in Los Angeles, uh-huh. I think I would not have known this movie was coming around until everyone else started like watching it or they released those numbers. Well, I feel like Bird Box was one of those like rare exceptions, or like Roma. Netflix completely redesigned their the entire login to so be yes. like Roma's available because mm-hmm. our whole thing's black and white now. Bird Box. I still feel like the first day I logged in or the first day it was getting attention at least. It may have released two days early and I didn't know. But when I log in, it's there. But then like Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, the final episodes dropped this past week. What? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's my favorite show on I Netflix. Know. I know. And I get on there and I search through recently released uh, TV shows, Netflix originals, all of those categories. And it's not there. I had to go through the search function to find Kimmy Schmidt, so I can watch the final six out or seven episodes of the series. And you don't, it's hardly marketed, so you don't even know it's out there. And it's just kind of insane. So if there is one thing that maybe yeah. I mean, Netflix and streaming services can get better at, which sure. they're maybe hurting themselves or the industry as a whole, is they sometimes have these quality films. Like you love the movie Cargo mm-hmm. last year for Netflix. Yep. I had no idea that movie was going to Netflix. Mm-hmm. I didn't hear really anybody else talk about the movie. And yet it's just sitting there. Yeah. And there's no there's no buzz. There's no press. There's nothing about it. Yeah. It's just, and, and, and yes, these movies are hit or miss. Um, and this kind of bleeds into another question we're going to talk about here. But uh, of course, like when I found Cargo, watched it, loved it. Martin Freeman, beautiful, great. Um, but then also like The Ritual, which I had to I had had to hear about from one person who had watched it on a Friday afternoon. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they were doing or where, but I was like, okay, I'll watch it this evening. Did a write up of it. I'm like, this is an immaculately made horror movie from a guy who did a bunch of B stuff that I discovered on Netflix like the first year it came out, or like you know they just they was they like, grabbed fist, right. armfuls of whatever they could get off blockbuster shelves as they were robbing them blind, you know. Um, and so I'm like, this guy's really developed his talent, and that's like the thing too. Is Netflix is giving people the opportunity in their quest, their never-ending thirst for content to hone their craft with probably larger budgets than they would ever have gotten mm-hmm. had they gone through a studio or, um, you know, been given like $1 million rather than like it were versus everything else, you right. know? I mean, obviously, Jordan Peele stands as like an example <laughs> of someone who like was able to execute, but... But he's also Jordan Peele. Like, right. He's all- he, is, he has a name before that mm-hmm. that people are attracted to, that people know him from, where, you know, a guy, like, whoever directed The Ritual, like, he probably doesn't have, like, I don't know his name. You don't know his name off the top of your head. I forget his and, name. And, like, I thought, I don't, but I don't think that's like a, oh, Josh, how can I remember it? Like, I think a lot of people, like, a lot of people, A, don't even know about this movie. Yeah. And B, don't know the director. David Bruckner, who did the um, VHS films. Oh, okay. So, but, like... Which are, like, short anthology movies. Uh, like, those directors aren't going to get a shot with, you know, Paramount or Universal. Like, maybe Blumhouse would maybe give them a million dollars. But, yeah. like, that's 
Blumhouse is like the only Blumhouse, A24, Annapurna, uh, like Neon. Like those are the only like minor like distribution companies that are really even funding these sort of small, weirder, out of box movies that Netflix seems to be just throwing money at every single day. Yeah, they're probably given five. They're greenlighting five new random movies that would never have seen the light of day otherwise. Absolutely. And then, like, another thing, too, is going back to, um, you know, whether this is helping or hurting the industry, um, like, talking about Bird Box, which is a movie I'm not really too much of a fan of, but I'd never heard of Susan Beer, the director, Mm -hmm. before. And yet, now she's got a chance and a movie that she can be, she can say, hey, I directed a movie with Sandra Bullock, who is crazy good in the movie, acting wise, that got put in front of. 800 million people's eyes. 80 million. 80 million people's <laughs> eyes, right. I Whatever mean, the case is. In a, in a, I'm in really, a year, I'm maybe. really butchering numbers this, this episode <laughs> here. Um, and now she's got a chance to do this. And listen, I do not know Netflix diversity stats. And you know what? I think that would actually be a really good thing to take a peek at um, is who they're giving money to. But they're definitely giving more people chances to make movies than Universal or Disney even in mm-hmm. the calendar year, which is the nature of the business because, like you said, they focus on those big budget releases rather than anything small. So it's still good to know that there are a plethora of chances out there for you to get your project made right. by going through Netflix. I think if since we I think we're pretty much in agreement that it's helping the industry. Yes. I don't in terms see too of, many downsides. In terms of hurting, I think the only thing that they're possibly hurting the industry with is maybe the overall rise of streaming services that I think could just completely water down what Netflix had going for it, where Mm -hmm. Netflix for years has been the central hub of a lot of different things you love that you pay 10 to 15 or whatever dollars a month to get. And you can watch original movies, Mm -hmm. uh, previous old movies, uh, the office friends, just to name a few like other insanely popular series that they paid for so they could have the streaming rights for. But now you look at, you know, Universal is going to create their own. The Office will likely get pulled off there. The Friends is pro- is going to get pulled off there after this year probably because it was going to leave at the start of 2019. Mm-hmm. And then Netflix paid like $40 billion or $40 million or something just to keep it for the year, which yeah. was that they paid like 10 times as much as they paid in a month to keep it for an entire year, which mm-hmm. just goes to show I still think that like Netflix, which I'll be interested to see how they change and how like their viewership changes in the coming years because if they're losing that content that a lot of people are already paying for then it's like well you already canceled you're canceling daredevil stranger things is coming to an end probably in you know a season or maybe even two if at, at best and then you're looking at well like kimmy schmidt's over like what are your series that are still out there that like are original that people are coming in to see because people aren't signing up to net for netflix for a year to watch like hold the dark like right solid movie but like that's not keeping people attached or altered carbon or like whatever it may be Mm -hmm. so maybe there's like a need for these streaming services to find out what they're going to be like if anything i like disney i think has figured out we're an ip driven company whether you like it or not Mm -hmm. we are going for marvel star wars live action remakes and that's basically it a lot of other studios are still doing everything where then like you have a movie like a studio like Blumhouse which is thriving over the last couple of years doing low budget horror and that's yeah. basically it I mean they've branched out a little bit like an upgrade but mm-hmm. it still has horror elements to it 
and maybe it's up to like you know a netflix or a, a hulu or something to like figure out this is our niche but i don't know if they those those things can still exist anymore because like um what was the one that was like classic movies that shut down that people were all up in arms about film yep. yep. um like that was a service that did just that like what i'm was maybe hoping for right that, and then I know there's a horror streaming service as well that Shutter. has Shutter that has just loads of movies you've probably never ever heard of, and uh, it's my favorite. But like, is Shutter going to like once Warner Brothers and Shutter? All, Shutter is that is it Shutter or no, Shutter? It's Shutter. Like ooh, but then I was making a pun where you're like, is Shutter going to? And it's like oh, Shutter. Okay, like, <laughs> gotcha, close gotcha. the windows and gotcha. doors and close. Uh, but like, as these streaming services continue, like is is shutter going to lose content that they have and then would they ultimately have to close doors as well and i don't know if that's if this is even a a possible answer that it but i still think that the magnitude of the services that are going to arrive in the next couple years could possibly end up hurting them even though you look at the industry now and say oh yeah netflix hulu amazon those are the main three those are helping get these projects made but then two years i don't know if that'll still be the same yeah, and that's a really good point too. Oh, well, first of all, um, Mandy is on Shutter, oh. so if you haven't seen it, that's where you can go get it, go watch it. Well, I have to sign up for Shutter, or I could, or I can. You can get like, a you get a free week trial. Oh, so and if you have Mastercard, they won't let them charge you anymore after the trial ends. You have to reconfirm that you want to pay for it, oh. which is really nice. Everyone should do that. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I've lost the point. But you're right. No, no, no eventually we're going to get to a point where there are 50 streaming services and we're going to have to make a decision um, of how many or which which ones to have. Mm -hmm. And we're back to the cable conundrum again because there's so much profit to be made here. Everyone else is going to, you know, jump on the bandwagon. That's why Disney's doing it. That's why Hulu arose. That's why Mm -hmm. Netflix is here. Um, And eventually Universal and Sony probably or Apple mm-hmm. like those are the big ones Google's already got their own YouTube right going and because they see the yeah. money for that space um, I wonder though if we could see a future where it like that happens and we get 50 different streaming services and it's like all right ha- like over half of these are not successful because right. we're, we're we're splitting dollars all across the board for everybody it's like oh I mm-hmm. want to be part of Shutter and Disney and Warner Brothers and Netflix and Amazon Prime, but I only have enough money for three of them, and you have to pick. Right. And so then those other two are failing because people, everybody can't pay for 50 streaming services. So I would wonder then is if, like, another Netflix would arise that takes on all these other streaming services or if a Disney or a Hulu, which would be soon owned by the same people, or, like, a Netflix or a Warner Brothers would or Apple would then eventually figure out, all right, Filmstruck you're going away well mm-hmm. warner brothers will buy filmstruck and we'll get your whole library or like they have their uh dc uh universe yes like which i'm not sure if that's even successful for them or not but uh that could like just become part of the wb streaming service instead of being its own thing right because then you're that seems repetitive to me where oh i'll pay for two different services instead of you just bring them all under one roof mm-hmm. and then I pay for that. But then you, I also get Shutter and Filmstruck with Warner Brothers. Right. And we're, we're talking cable packages now. Right. Which, you know, which is kind of like a crazy thing. But it's on demand, so it's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. But no, no, no. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. And the, the thing that's going to 
what's going to eventually happen is these aren't going to be successful and they're going to have to start to like basically pimp their catalogs out to Netflix again or whatever the case is. Yeah. Like whichever ones survive because we're headed for like a data reckoning where people realize, well, obviously, you know, universe, not everyone wants to watch those monster movies, but because like Shudder or not like Shudder, but like Filmstruck mm-hmm. proved to be not as profitable as they'd hope, even as much as a few people did love it. Yeah. Right. So, well, and I just thought of another way that like they're kind of hurting the industry okay. and themselves is um, it kind of comes down to the, the, the binge streaming model, which mm-hmm. we've talked about before off air where it's like, if you don't watch bird box that first week, right? The conversation is over. Basically you missed that part of you know pop culture no and there's no drive to ever see it again like i didn't finish up my review for it and then you're like told me like don't uh, like don't you mean you can you know but you're like it's over like yeah the the, the hype the hype is the hype is passed Mm -hmm. and maybe that's something they can get better at where it's like a as i mentioned before making sure people are aware this movie is coming right but then also like figuring out some way to continue to market them so that way it's not like all right day one I watched this movie, uh, like a, some Mad Mads Mikkelsen, like John Wick ripoff movie just dropped mm-hmm. on Netflix. Polar, which, yeah. Which I have not watched. I don't know if, I'm assuming you did based it's, on your reaction. It's something. And it's like, that movie, if I don't watch it between now and uh, pri- by the time this episode drops, yeah, I'll probably never watch it, mm-hmm. even if it's on my queue, because it's like, like what, like, Am I like I'm not missing anything? Whereas mm-hmm. like Netflix has a lineup of old movies where I'm like, oh, I should see that because it's influenced to this or it is from this actor or whatever. Um, there is some sort of cultural uh, impact that's had. Yeah. Whereas these other movies, they come, they drop, and then it's they're there forever. But like you're never gonna go back to them. And then comparing with what dropped last week, I think. Um, the uh, Punisher series. Right. It was spoken about, I've seen articles for it for the first three days. I think that it, like the first weekend mm-hmm. of like, here's what's going on with Punisher. And then this week, everything was, is Punisher getting canceled? Or like all of these like retrospective, Yeah. if you didn't binge it, well, too bad. Now we're moving on to exactly. Punisher is dead, game over, long live Punisher, mm-hmm. whatever the case is. And could that is that happening with people's films and movies? Roma will probably have lasting power because it's an Oscar-nominated film, mm-hmm. and people will watch it and return to it at least until the maybe a month after the Oscars, and then maybe a few times after that. I mean, depending on you know how it speaks to you or whatever the mm-hmm. case is. Um, but like you said, with all of these other films, by the time you know um, we get to Wednesday or Friday of the next week, unless it's a bird box level, you get people talking about it for a long time, memeable type of a thing, you are not going to have the legs or just kind of any kind of attention put on mm-hmm. you until, unless there's a sustained social media campaign by Netflix. or But they have so much content that they have to move on to the next thing immediately, basically. Something is dropping in some part of the country almost every Tuesday, Friday. Right, which then... On the flip side, Hollywood Studios, it's like Disney, their only thing right now is Mary Poppins. Mm-hmm. That is all they have to worry about. And then like making sure people are, are aware that Black Panther's up for best picture. Like 
these studios and then but they those movies are also still in box office people are still going to see them and we and you like you know about it there's box office reports there's um milestones that they cross there's you know discussions that still are to be had and then there's like the post-mortem of them where it's like all right well this movie's out and now here's the director and cast talking about them Mm -hmm. and giving you new insights or details or what didn't happen what should have happened and there's nothing like that for netflix which i'm not necessarily um saying that's the wrong thing for them to do like not paying for these elaborate marketing schemes uh or campaigns so that way their movies are in discussion and they're taking up more reporters times and there's more articles written about them which i think could benefit them in some regard but then you also have to still pay for all that stuff to happen and netflix probably doesn't see the point in doing that no i mean for to a certain extent they have they've been relying totally with exceptions on free marketing Mm -hmm. all the way through there's the homepage. There's what you have watched and what you may be prone to watching, like you know, like the thumbnail, that big yeah, like deal. The recommended for you or whatever. Yeah, the recommended for you, and then like that big thing about like the thumbnails and who they're trying to guess, like what appeals to you. It'll depend on which one they put up there. Uh, like that was a crazy kind of cool thing to see, kind of like eh, a little bit creepy, too. But have all those things go around. So that's been their sole goal, and you're right. And they've probably already made the calculation. It's not really worth it to push it unless it's you know, going to generate us virality mm-hmm. on the web or whatever the case is. But Take it, up the zeitgeist. But then there's a movie like Bumblebee, which came out a month ago, mm-hmm. and it's still doing what the box office. We still are talking. There's still, like, conversation going on about that movie, but then also the future of that. And maybe it's just the fact that a lot of these movies that are hitting theaters nowadays are franchise films that have sequel potential or whatever, and a lot of these streaming movies are really one-and-dones. And yeah. you get rare exceptions like To All the Boys Love Before, which did kind of have that staying power and mm-hmm. then got the sequel. And, um, but for the most part, it's like these movies drop and then you move on. Whereas yeah. movies drop in theaters and it's like, Oh, I didn't see it that first weekend, but I'll go back week two and see it so I can talk about it or see it with friends then where it's like, if you don't watch bird box that first week, yeah, it's like, it's there's, a- there's no, Oh, Hey guys, let's all come over to my place and watch bird box. Cause nobody cares anymore. Right. The only thing that's sustaining that is, the Sandra Bullock meme. Yeah. That's it. So it's almost like, at least for now, at this moment, streaming, at least in the terms of film, is only as in, I guess, like, its staying power is, its half-life is that of a funny tweet. Mm-hmm. But yeah, basically. That it'll occasionally remake the rounds. Which then, like, you, you asked the question before we started recording of, you know, do streaming movies or like, why don't streaming movies get any respect? Mm -hmm. Is that maybe like part of it that like some of these movies, like whether they're good or terrible or great or whatever, uh, they like the discussion about the actual movie, as we mentioned, goes by so quickly that then it's just about meme culture or, you know, having a quotable line or something that can spread across the internet and Mm -hmm. be repurposed. Right. So is, is that what you were like, talking about there yeah like a little ways like i think this is actually coming from a place of like oh like i've stumbled onto like a few arty gems in netflix Mm -hmm. and i've still been but at the same time i've still been like well why aren't we talking about any of these why aren't these getting any kind of attention and so i think that's where that kind of sprung from but as we were talking here it's sort of kind of diminished in a little bit of ways because 
the movies that are being made and getting dropped on there, they're middling. And so those middling movies obviously don't. Mm -hmm. But um, what I think Roma is changing is just that we are, we haven't been appreciating what's been coming on there because it's been free. Okay. In a lot of ways, not, not free in a lot of ways, but like, why do you pay for Netflix? Right. I paid it because I want to watch the office. Exactly. That's it. So like, I mean, actually I'm not paying for it right now. I'm on my my brother's account. Right. But why I paid for Netflix is because I wanted to see 30 rock friends in the office, Mm -hmm. which is ridiculous, which is objectively stupid because paying that (laughs) for all that a year is way more than the box sets right? or whatever the case is, you know, but it's just instantly available. It's the, it's the access of it. Yeah. Those are just basically what you're paying for. Right. Those are those components now. Um, so like when, and even though the quality isn't that great on a lot of these, but like when they pop up, I'm like, ah, well, I'll just watch it later or whatever the mm-hmm. case is. You know, there's that, there's also that kind of thing. So maybe it's not really why do stream movies not get respect? Why don't we feel they deserve our attention without being totally drawn to it? Bird Box was that rare one. Um, before that, it was Bright, I think. Which yeah. Was, we were much harsher on because we actually did a, that was actually one of the few re- ones that we did reviews on. Mm-hmm. Um, Hold the Dark really good i thought yeah but at the same time like that we haven't spoken about hold the dark since exactly well it's like velvet buzzsaw drops next week uh in two days from when you guys are hearing this we got a trailer a week ago for the first one Mm -hmm. and it's like that's like that's it like they dropped a new poster this past week but like that like i i i don't want this dan gilroy hopeful the amazing jake gyllenhaal movie to like drop and then just be immediately forgotten about. Mm-hmm. And uh, in terms of the respect angle, like I think I was going to say that I think the movies that garner respect get respect, mm-hmm. but that felt, uh, I don't know. Condescending. What, a, a little bit condescending or like, uh, I don't, I'm not, I don't know. What, yeah. A little uppity. Like, I, like, I'm, like I'm high flute and like, Oh, okay. these, these aren't art movies that I, that sure. deserve my attention and my time and my, the, my, uh, the, the time for me to actually talk and think about them. Mm-hmm. Like these are just filler, you know, for easy to forget about movies at this point. And, but then I was like, well, no, because I'm sure like a, a cargo or, uh, I'm sure there are movies on Netflix set it up. or, and, or set it up or yeah, I like, I, I like set it up a lot, but like, I'm sure there are movies on Netflix that are there and it's just like, maybe you've seen them or another person has seen them, but like nobody's talking about them, but they're worthy of being talked about. And it's just, again, it goes back to that. Well, the conversation about these movies is so immediately driven that if, if it's not everybody day one, watch this, let's talk about it. And then that conversation continues. There's no prolonged conversation as weird as this may sound. If you watch a movie, the next day I watch a movie, mm-hmm. two days after that, somebody else watches that movie that I told him about. Yeah. There's not that buzz. There's like, oh, that movie can gain popularity slowly over time. But there's no that there's not that instant respect or uh, notoriety that comes with aroma or something. Because these movies just like they're they're hidden on the back, you have to search for them. They're not front page. The FCA doesn't know you they're available to watch or when they're available or even if they're this movie exists to begin with. So um, I think that's one of those things where it's like Roma is a movie that I think deserves and got the respect that it deserves, but I'm sure there are other movies out there that 
deserve not maybe Roma levels respect, but still respect on their own terms that we're just overlooking completely. Yeah. No, I would definitely say that's the, I mean, I definitely say that's the case. And it, it kind of doubles back around to the like Netflix, not really pushing anything mm-hmm. out there for them. And on the same time, like it's especially in those earlier cases, I think they've gotten better, but then again, maybe data's gotten smarter and they know which ones, you know, they're showing like there's right. those elements to specifically Netflix. Cause they're the one churning out a new film every week. I believe. Yeah. Um, to this weekend. Cause mm-hmm. there was also then the rapace film, um, oh, yeah. the bodyguard one that she's like put out there or like her John wick version. Yeah. That randomly dropped. And again, no promotion, no nothing. Exactly. So yeah. And, uh, I I agree with you a little bit that a lot of the time they don't need to, they, a lot of them don't garner the attention that at least I would like them to have mm-hmm. because I paid as much attention to them. Right. And which is typically why, like, you know, we're like I'll shout them from the rooftops or whatever the case is. Um, like that's like my favorite segment is like, what did you watch? It, lately I haven't been on it for school <laughs> reasons, but um, there's that kind of like there's a sort of like a, I found a hidden gem, right? But at the same time, they're like I had to find this like on a, in a service that is paying for these mm-hmm. so that they can have content yeah. and entice you to watch. It's just a weird dynamic that I really don't understand, mm-hmm. um, and it is it's bigger flaw. Cause yeah. I feel like if you were celebrating all these films, you wouldn't have to worry about paying for friends mm-hmm. even though but you would but at the same time you know not not as much yeah you don't have to fear disney leaving if you were you know bought up dreamworks or mm-hmm. whatever the case there i mean that's a high jump <laughs> but you know if you were producing and paying for content right those like those kind of levels of quality but i think we should move to kind of the last question here mm-hmm. of will streaming kill theaters and i i don't think so if they could change them goes into you know our larger big question of you know is streaming change Hollywood for the better if i don't think there's any scenario where i mean maybe a hundred years from now or like a time when i'm old or dead where there are no more movie theaters and everything is just available day one or whatever Mm -hmm. for everybody worldwide uh for you just to download and hit play on with your tv or whatever we'll be watching movies on in the future yeah um but i think for the most part, these streaming services are only, um, they're just giving theaters a different experience where I think in some aspects they're hurting the theater going experience because people get used to just watching movies at home on and being able to check their phone or be as loud as they want and not really care about the people around them. And then they go to see a movie in the theaters and that those same habits carry over, which I hate. Um, like when I saw Serenity, even though I didn't like the movie, mm-hmm. There was a dude literally on his phone the entire time. And I'm just like, why did you come to this movie? Were you in my theater? <laughs> no. Because <laughs> okay. we saw it the day before and he was That's with right. like two other people. And I was just like, 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 why are you here? Like, you're probably not texting your podcast, you know, mm-hmm. co-host asking him if you can leave the film. Like, <laughs> you're there obviously for some sort of enjoyment or curiosity. Sure. So why are, you, why are you not giving that film your attention? Mm-hmm. And... So I don't think streaming services will kill theaters. The only thing I could see happening is we, the 
the types of movies that they're producing, whether they're low budget or mid budget, that continues to be what the streaming services go after. And we yeah. get those types of movies. And then theater going just becomes more of a, an event of itself where it's their a blockbusters, but then studio, then like, you know, a big question for theaters is how do we get people to get off their couch and stop mm-hmm. streaming mm-hmm. Netflix yes. to come to our place. Right. And so it would just force them to maybe, elevate the experience whether exactly. it's ad recliners or a lot of theaters now are adding you know uh beer or or higher quality foods That's or right. um you know they're draft themselves like, yeah like mm-hmm. they're they're making it not they're making it more like a, a broadway play in terms of you have there's all these luxuries now to going and watching a movie instead of just oh yeah i'm going to go to the dollar theater sit on terrible seats get some cheap popcorn and watch this movie it's because it, if it's like between that and just staying home and watching Netflix, more people could probably gonna choose Netflix more often. But it's like, listen, like yeah, we have to you have to pay fifteen twenty dollars for a movie ticket potentially depending on where you live. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have a movie plan, then like you have to give people a reason to go out and see that for other sure. than the movie that's there. Because before we know it, Netflix and it may already be here. Netflix is going to be producing movies with the same quality of or same caliber of stars, directors, and potentially the quality of all types of genres where, yeah. oh, I want to see a superhero movie or an action movie or a mystery right. or a horror movie. That movie could be in theaters, but it could also be right at your fingertips with Netflix. Precisely. It may, we may get to the point where theaters get like a two-week, three-week lead time or maybe a month lead time. So you can see it in IMAX the first time because mm-hmm. eventually we'll all rotate to IMAX. But then Disney Plus is going to get Avengers or you know the ultimate avengers (laughs) five or whatever the case is you know for their streaming service because technology has advanced that far and that's going to be the the really thing i I don't think they'll ever kill theaters netflix has really just killed blockbuster and Mm -hmm. except but not family video for some reason which are still (laughs) all over the place here I think those are for I think, like, I think those are just local though. I think those are just local, but also I think they just refuse to die. Yeah, they refuse to die, and I think they're sustained by like rebel Amish, you know. Well, I think swooping in and, and that like, and the little Caesars that are always placed right next to them. That's right. It's very, it's a very smart business like, strategy. Oh, pizza, I would, movies. I would love to see if there's any um, crossover between who owns those. That'd be interesting. Maybe. All right. Well, anyway, um, the, it's killed that for a reason, and now at least today with Roma and going forward with the Scorsese and the Howard, which is it's Hillbilly elegy um, based off of the book by the guy from Ohio. Who's yeah. I don't remember, but yeah, that's the book that Howard mm-hmm. sold two of them. Um, and then all like all of these directors are going to start moving that way, whether because they see opportunity or they see a $50 million paycheck or not $50 million paycheck, but a hundred million dollar budget mm-hmm. for their movie that they've been dying to get made or whatever the case is. And that'll only lead to finer art being on the services mm-hmm. or streaming into our homes. But you're absolutely right. Like, yeah, theaters are changing all the time. It's like, it's because of Netflix, it's because of Hulu, it's because of HBO Now mm-hmm. that we have MoviePass, that we have AMC's stubs list. Like, I think MoviePass was a really good changing point or like, you know, a way to like that we move the ball on consumers getting a good deal Mm -hmm. finally again because Netflix has expectations that or whatever the case is. So no, they're not going to kill theaters, but they absolutely are going to make theaters better. 
it's competition uh, the invisible hand of the free right. market or whatever the case is but just in movies and though like I've never seen a movie in a theater like drunk or anything like that but who knows if I had known Serenity would be this bad then <laughs> I, I probably would have given it a shot but like the local one like opened up their little it's a really dinky like looking barb thing and I kind of just think if you're there you're kind of a sad person <laughs> but um hey power to you you know whatever the case is so yeah so i think as we wrap this up yes we should give our big answer the which big answer to the big question yeah we've, we've, we've never done somehow we've <laughs> I've ne- we've never thought about this mm-hmm. um but the big my big answer to is streaming changing hollywood for the better is yes we get more movies we get more that are probably not going to get made without these streaming services mm-hmm. And for some of these, we get more exposure or easier exposure for titles that I may not have had access to or seen beforehand. Like, would I have seen Roma if it got nominated for Best Picture? Yes. But did I watch it that first weekend it dropped because it was right there and available? I didn't have to leave my home? That's exactly why I watched it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it was in theaters, eh, I may have waited. Yeah. And as long as that continues and we competition breeds more competition and breeds better movies and theater going experiences and everything. And, uh, you know, some of these problems we've mentioned are fixed along the way. Then I think we're going to look back and say, yeah, Hollywood is better now in five years than it was before, because we are getting more, uh, a lot more movies to begin with, but we're also getting a lot more different films and maybe they're different with innovation or how they're released or what they could even contain. Will we get a completely interactive movie on Netflix like we did with Bander- mm-hmm. Bandersnatch? Is that right. going to become a a bigger thing moving forward? Uh, VR movies, like there's so many different possibilities that these streaming services can offer um, that I think we're just going to continue to see the bar pushed and raised and then hopefully those big budget movies and you know the big studios will continue to match the quality and we can see more movies on the scale of like infinity war or mission Impossible fallout. And with that sort of quality mm-hmm. instead of like a, you know, a wrinkle in time or uh Robin hood or something. Yeah, precisely. And I, from my big answer here is yes, it's changing it for the better. Um, but in subtle ways rather than grand scale ways, but the biggest being, I believe we have the a list. We have movie pass, all of those services because of the, dent netflix is put into the theaters and eventually it's going to force theaters to at least our movie going or going to the movie experiences um to be better because they have to compete with you know the luxuries of home and everything like that and then like you said like it's opening up all sorts of avenues for directors writers actors and more content is more content in the Mm -hmm. business of entertainment so, yeah, more content is more opportunity. There we go. <laughs> so that is all we have for this big question: Is streaming changing Hollywood for the better? We would love to hear your answers. So if you listen to this, send us your thoughts on it at Twitter or on Twitter at Friends and Film, and then you can tag me as well and follow me at Movie Cooper. And you can get at me, Josh, at just Joshua Ryan. And be sure to tell us your thoughts on everything covered on this episode by uh, following us on there as well. And then be sure to subscribe, uh, share, retweet everything else you can do online, and then go to iTunes and give us a five-star view with comments telling us why you enjoyed listening to the show. We'll be back next week with more episodes. Thanks again for tuning to the Friends Film Podcast. Josh. Thank you for stopping in, everybody. Make sure to turn next week for our future episodes.